there, my friend Jonathan Doyle, with you as always for the Catholic Teacher Daily Podcast. Welcome back. I'm glad you are here. Wherever you are listening, you are very welcome. I'm pleased you could find the time to check in and uh, be encouraged, be resourced, be inspired for your crucial work in Catholic education. Thank you so much for what you are doing every single day as you go about this crucial work. It really does matter. It makes a difference. I know you don't see it every single day. Sometimes you question it, but I can assure you that great teachers at this difficult moment in history where the forces of darkness and wickedness are in ascendancy in many areas of the world, many areas of our culture, it is people like you who can still make a great difference in advancing the kingdom of God. The good news is that the good guys win, that if you jump ahead in your Bible, I know you're not meant to read ahead, but if you jump ahead to the book of Revelation, you will discover that we do in fact win. Well, we don't. The Lamb uh, of God wins, triumphs magnificently, um, good triumphs over evil, everything is restored to perfection, and we all get to live in heaven for eternity. So that's the good news. But if you're paying attention at the moment in the world, it doesn't really look like that. So, you know, what is it that Chesterton said? The Catholic Church is a perpetually defeated thing that remains victorious. That uh, there is much for us to do. That Almighty God himself has asked you, you, yes, you listening right now, to partner personally in this great work of salvation that is being undertaken in cosmic history. So you may think you're walking into a classroom. I see you as a frontline special forces operative on the spiritual front lines of reality itself. Phew! Now, with that as an introduction, please make sure you've subscribed to the podcast. It does make a difference if you could hit that subscribe button, so please make sure you've done that. And um, while I move my microphone, make a little adjustment here. Today we're talking about part three of Archbishop Miller's, Michael Miller's, five marks of a great Catholic school. So I started studying part three for you, and it's kind of in a, I think he's cheated a bit, a little bit. He's kind of, part three's got a few parts. So it's like, I don't know, what do we do? We just going to, I just didn't feel that I wanted to do it all in one big hit. So we're just going to break part three up into a few separate little mini episodes, but uh, it's really good stuff. And it is the concept that a Catholic school is animated by communion and community. And there are four marks of it, and I'll just tell you what those are quickly. They are teamwork among all those involved, cooperation between educators and bishops, the interaction of students with teachers, and the school's physical environment. So that's what we're going to talk about over the next few days, because I will break it up. Today we're simply going to talk a little bit about teamwork, but as a way of an introduction, why are we even talking about this at all? How does this relate to I guess what it means to be a Catholic school and to have Catholic identity. I really like this idea of community and communion, and I like the way he expresses it. Let me just share with you the sort of opening couple of lines here, because this puts it in context. He says, a third mark, a third mark of Catholicity is the emphasis on the school as a community, a community of persons, and even more to the point, a genuine community of faith. Such an emphasis, this is a really important sentence, pay attention to this, such an emphasis proposes an alternative model for Catholic schools to that of an individualistic society. So what this is getting at is something I think really important, is I teach frequently that we live in this radically atomized society. I think the elites that run our culture 
are desperate to divide us. They're desperate to divide us across lines of um, biological sex and wealth and education and ethnicity and race and all these different things because the more divided we are, the easier we are to rule over. So you've got that aspect of the elite project, but then you've got stuff like uh, the advent of secularism, secularism and consumerism which means that we are perceived by corporations as individual atomized autonomous units that are basically purchasing units. So if all of this sounds pretty fancy, it's just my way of saying that we've gone from being a culture that was extremely family, tribe, and community-based for survival to being a radically atomized culture, broken into individualistic atoms. So why... Bishop Miller, Archbishop Miller is talking about this. I think it's a really good point. He's saying that so many young people grow up with this radically individualistic ethos, and a Catholic school can present them, immerse them in something, present to them and immerse them in something radically different, a community, a place of communion and community. He goes on to say this communal dimension is rooted in both the social nature of the human person. We are an incredibly social species. And the reality of the church as the home and the school of communion. So that the church, you know, John of the Cross used to say that the Catholic Church is the great mother that keeps the children together on the journey. So as the human family travels throughout history, the Catholic Church is like this mother that keeps the children all together on the road. So this idea of community and communion, I think, is really important because it can be a very healing and crucial thing for both our individual students, but also for culture widely, because would you not agree that there are more than a few students these days who come from very compromised family situations? So a lot of the basic community skills or communal skills that were once very central to the human experience are beginning to be lost in terms of selfishness and aggression and all these sorts of things that used to get worked out in bigger family and tribal settings are now not getting worked out. So there's a paradox here because in, in some sense, it's it's a good thing that the school can be a place of community for these people, but it's also challenging because often, obviously, the kids are coming in without that sort of formation. So I just want to say to you today that the community aspect of your school is incredibly important. So the first mark of this community, just the one we'll touch on today, is teamwork. And it talks about creating a school climate that reproduces, as far as possible, the warm and intimate atmosphere of family life. Though, so it says here that those responsible will do everything they can to promote a common spirit of trust and spontaneity, a willingness to collaborate amongst themselves. Teachers, religious, lay staff, um, parents, school board members are to work as a team for the school's common good. Their communion fosters appreciation of the various charisms and vocations that build up a genuine school community and strengthen scholastic solidarity. I like this because it says here this idea of building up the various charisms and vocations because this is great. This is saying we don't have to have this homogenous approach to everything that a community is going to have all these different people in it doing different things with different skill sets. That's so important, right? Because, you know, obviously we can fall into this trap of thinking we have to think exactly the same way and do things exactly the same way and it's got to be regimented. And so 
The good news is that your individual specific gifts help to build up this kind of diverse, healthy, functioning community. There's a book, I think it's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. I've got a copy of it. I haven't read about it. I know a lot of the times in at the moment in the Protestant churches, this book is crucial. Um, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and I think there's some offshoot books from it, like Emotionally Healthy Churches. And I mention this to you because I was at a really big conference recently, and there were some Protestant pastors talking about how much they're using this program. And they were alluding to the fact that it's very, that they had fallen, I guess, into a trap over time of, because churches are full of humans, often in leadership, that, you know, leaders can start to act poorly and make poor decisions and this community breaks down. And so they're all kind of reading this book and using this program, which I think is a good thing to, to remind themselves what a healthy community looks like, what a functioning community looks like, not a community with power bases and, and, and all sorts of politics being played out and ambition and backstabbing and all these problems. I mean, this is human stuff, right? You look at some of Paul's epistles, like he's writing to these churches going, sort it out, people. Like, come on, seriously, you, you can't do this, or you need to do this, or this needs to change, or fix this, because he was trying to get them to, to understand and to realize they had to build a community united in love and united in Christ. So this teamwork matters. So if you're in leadership listening to this, you, you've really got to model emotionally, psychologically healthy leadership. You've got to encourage this family sense, this communal sense. All right, a couple of other things here. Um, Cooperation with the family, of course. Close cooperation with the family is especially important when treating sensitive issues such as religious, moral, or sexual education, orientation toward a profession or a choice of one's vocation in life. It is not a question of convenience, but a partnership based on faith. So there's this teamwork aspect between staff, between school and parents, constantly trying to strengthen each other, to encourage each other, to value each other. And then it goes on to talk about the role of lay staff as well. So we're looking for this teamwork. We're looking for this this pushback against this atomized individualistic culture. So I guess what I want to say is be proud of your Catholic school. Be really proud of it. Be proud of its ability to be really countercultural at the moment to be a place where kids feel actually genuinely safe and cared for and people are interested in them and want them to do well and hope that they're going well. So these are some of the key things we want to be thinking about, this communion and community. So let me know what you think. Um, Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast. It is Friday when you're hearing this or Friday when I'm recording this. I'm going to take a break over the weekend and we're going to come back on uh, Monday, the next episode and talk about sort of just the relationship between the school and bishops. It's really worth understanding that, whether you're a school teacher or someone in leadership, we're going to get into that, and then a whole bunch more good stuff coming your way. But let me finish where I started. Thank you for what you are doing every single day. It is making a difference. God knows exactly what you are doing. He has placed you there. You are His person in the right place at the right time. And as as it says in the book of Esther, You were born for such a time as this. You have been placed exactly where you are for a purpose, my friend. God bless you. My name is Jonathan Doyle. This has been the Catholic Teacher Daily Podcast. You and I are going to talk again tomorrow. I mean, have a good weekend. See you then.